Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Welcome. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is Friday, February 25th, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And this is, not only is this the Global Watch International Call, but we are having a special hour this hour it's a situation room for canada and this is are we susan you tell, tell me are we launching the canadian watch is that official during this time or am i pushing am i pushing the envelope no you're being quite honest <laughs> all right all right so we love canada and we love the canadians and kathy and karen have been very good friends of ours for now i don't know 2015 long- 2015, seven years. And, and then we have the world-renowned Hannah, who has been a powerhouse yeah, and friend, a good friend, the good friend who we've never actually met in person, but mm-hmm. we absolutely know in this year. We're so thankful for you, Hannah. And, uh, and Rhoda. And Rhoda everybody. Who are, we, everybody. who are we missing from Canada? <laughs> Mary Faust actually is originally from Canada. Anyways. We have Margaret, we have, we have Karen Von Trapp. Yes, she is one of the famous Von Trapps and we got her. Kathy's with us, Margaret's with us. And I'm, I'm really I hoping love. Shirley will be with us. Shirley with us? Well, anyway, hmm. who's gonna, Karen, are you officially leading this hour? Yeah. Right, facilitate, leading, facilitating. Okay, so Father, we just bless Karen in the name of the Lord. We're just so thankful for Karen and for her steadfastness, for her love for you, for her devotion, for her passion for you, for her commitment, for her just love of your word. And and we just say thank you, Lord. We just say thank you that, that Karen represents all the things that are really good about the Canadians that we love. And, and we just say thank you, Lord. We just say that Canada is a great nation. It's a great sister nation to the U.S. and there's just tremendous faithfulness and love and kindness in the Canadian people. And we just declare that 2022, with all the difficulties that have gone on in Canada, that's going to be a great breakthrough year for this nation. And, and that we're just believing that there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Canada in 2022. And, and so, Karen, we bless you and your Amen. leadership. We are, we just say, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Mm. We say, may God protect you and your family. May he hide you in the shelter of his wings that no harm would come to you, no destruction near your tent. May he give you a continual spirit of wisdom and revelation. May he just pour it out and may you have renewed strength. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 It is a delight. to be with each one of you this night, to see that this is one of my passions. You're one of my passions, the international body of Christ. is certainly one of my passions. And so, uh, Fred, I'm gonna answer the, uh, the question that you posed about a Canada watch. I'm gonna answer it right now, okay? This is Canada's first appearance as a forming watch within Global Watch. God moves in mysterious ways, doesn't he? Here's how it happened. 
A word for Canada was sent to Sue, our Sue, from Rania in Israel on February 17th. Today, one week later, we Canadians find ourselves in the Global Watch Situation Room, a room that Sue refers to as a birthing room. Mm. Are you ready for this nation? Are you ready for this nations? <laughs> God is moving very fast, needless to say. And I was thinking when I was thinking how many Canadians are, are connected with the Global Watch, I actually thought there was six to 10. But yesterday I found out that there was 109. And so I am now going to say the words Fred and Sue have been waiting a number of years to hear precisely. It's time and timely for a Canadian watch. Mm. <laughs> rolls. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> And you know, on my when I open my computer, first thing I like I do to look for the word of the day. And this word is fantastic, and it's for each one of us. It's Jeremiah 29:11. And this is what the Lord says to each one of us and for our nations: for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and the Lord will listen to you. The Lord will listen to us. This is the word that Abba would have each one of us tuck into our hearts. And I get the pleasure now to introduce Irene. She is a sister in the Lord. She is First Nation from a no northern part of um, British Columbia named Vailmont, not that far from Jasper. And she has accepted my request to really bless the nations, to, bless, to welcome them and, and bless them, bless each one of you. And I think she may even share some of her um, native language. So Irene. <laughs> Kukshem, which means thank you in my language. Kukshem. When Karen asked if I would pray, I had, like really, I, I don't know anything about Global Watch. I just see it once in a while and wondered what it was about. And I never ever thought I would get a chance to pray with somebody from Australia. But mm -hmm. like that just really touched my heart. But the last time I was talking with Karen, I read a scripture out to, to the group, but I didn't know she'd already been talking about birthing because I have foster kids and sometimes I really run late. But the Lord had given me almost a sister scripture to the one that she'd been had been reading about birthing. So I'm going to read you the scripture and, and then if you don't mind, and then I would like to pray out of that. It's in Isaiah 26, 14 to, 9 to 20. It says, they are dead, they shall not live. They are deceased, they shall not rise. 
Therefore thou hast visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have we visited thee. Mm -hmm. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. It was like a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and cried out in her pangs. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child. And some of us have been with child for so long. Mm -hmm. And we have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. But thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing. Ye that in the dust for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. And when I read that scripture, it's been on my heart for years. And I've always felt I've been praying and something stuck. Something stuck and, and it won't come. But now God is saying, he's heard us, that we've been dead. We've been without strength for so long. But now he's saying, come on. Get up out of the dust, shake the dust off yourself and sing. And the earth will cast out all of those who have been hidden. But we just need to come together in this chamber you're calling Global Watch. And just hide ourselves in there for a little bit until his indignation is gone over. And he's going to punish the inhabitants of the earth. But he's keeping us in Goshen. He's kept us in Goshen. So, Lord God of the universe, we just come before you tonight and, and we acknowledge that you are our king. We acknowledge that without you, we cannot birth anything but wind. And tonight we're asking you, Lord, that you open our womb, you open the cervix. And when we come before you, Lord, and together as a group, we begin to push and cry unto you, Lord, we will deliver a live birth, not a stillbirth, not a damaged birth, not a backwards birth, but Lord, a perfect birthing of, of the destiny for this nation. So tonight, Lord, we do cry out to you. We cry out to you, Lord, for a live birth. And we ask that you be in that birth room and you gather up what we are delivering, Lord, and you keep it from the enemy, that it not be touched in any way by the enemy. 
And we just thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Irene. That was powerful and needful. Thank you. And now I'm going to ask Shirley to come forward. She's had an experience um, of oneness, and we really um, are purposing to position ourselves in that place of oneness with the Lord and oneness with one another. And so Shirley, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Yeah, approximately two weeks ago, when things were really heating up in Ottawa, when the government was tired of what they called an illegal demonstration and decided that they were going to get rid of, I won't use the words that they said, but they were going to get rid of this demonstration. And I was sitting before the Lord and he led me to Ephesians 3. I'm just going to read one scripture before I go into this picture that the Lord showed me. It's from verse 6. He prayed that we being rooted and established, Paul prayed that we being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we together may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And as I pondered that, I just had my eyes closed and I was just thinking about the words about what together meant. And earlier in the scripture, it was talking about the full body of Christ. And all of a sudden, I saw a map of Canada. And on coming from the east, I saw this, what I would call a river of God, this big, huge river of God. And it, but it wasn't filled with water. It was filled with people. And... I immediately thought of all the nations that were praying for Canada, that were standing with us. And it struck me how immense this thing is that God is building. How, how marvelous that from all over the world, his people will gather together to stand with those of us that are weak and need that help. And then, and then on the other side of Canada, coming from the west, I saw this huge tidal wave coming. And again, it wasn't water, it was people. And I just want to give glory to the Lord to, for allowing me to see beyond the borders of Canada, the borders of our small community and our province even, to see the bigger picture that we are all a part of that there is no separation between nations when we belong to the body of Christ. We are all God's people. And he is using us in this time as a unit. My prayer is, is that it would only grow. It would only grow in this greater awareness of who we are and how much we are a part of something so big that every person that God has called forward has a valuable place to play in it. And without that person, we won't be functioning as we should. And Karen has asked me to read Psalm 133. That was what came to me, is that he, when we are together in unity, the Lord commands his blessing. And the other thing that really struck me was I was thinking about oil. I don't know if I've been thinking about it for quite a while, but one morning I was sitting there and thinking about the process that 
the the all how the all oil is processed from the olives and all of a sudden i heard the word he was crushed for our iniquities and i began to wonder if he was speaking to me about the oil that only jesus can bring and as i read this psalm 133 i just would like you to keep that in mind i'm reading from the passion how truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping from the skies upon Mount Hermon refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. Father, we want to lift up your word to you. And as you gather us together and everyone across this world that you have created, we just, we want to honor you, Lord. We want to thank you for the revelations that you are bringing in this time. We want to thank you for our op the opportunity to be part of uh, Global Watch. And Lord, I don't think it would have happened before because on Tuesday, we birthed our destiny in Canada. And so we thank you, Lord, that we are now part of the greater whole. Our hearts are knitted and connected with everyone else, every other nation. You've said that the nations are yours. We praise you, Lord. And we ask that the oil that is poured out through Jesus would fall upon all of us. We ask, Father, that you would ignite this oil and that there would be fire bursts from us. And that we would move in your glory, Lord, that we would fulfill that which you have called us to fulfill as the nations of the world. Thank you. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you. And now we're going to um, position ourselves, quieten our hearts, and through communion make the declaration of oneness. And we have the honor of Fred and Sue Rao leading us in communion this day. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Sorry, we, we had to unmute ourselves here. I just feel like a reverential fear of the Lord in this moment. There's a sense of holiness. Let's enter into that sense of God's call. Father, we recognize what you are doing in the nations, that you're calling forth your watchmen to watch over your covenant purposes. That, Father, we have been slumbering and sleeping and watching your covenant be buried and trampled on. But now is the day of restoration. And I pray, Father, that as we enter this, we understand the brokenness of your body. That as we partake of it, we are re-engaging with you and your covenant purposes for our nations. And I just want to speak into what Shirley just said with this word, this it's a familiar verse, but
but it speaks into what Shirley had her vision was out of Isaiah 59, 19 and 20 and 21. This is a call for restoration of God's covenant purposes for Canada. There's health and healing in it. And there's peace, true peace, not passivity, but a war for peace that comes from God because we're aligned with him. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the West and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come in Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, and this is your commission, I believe tonight, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor shall the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. So as we partake of this bread, let us understand that we are entering into a covenant promise to Canada. And as watchmen, we will do our best to stand watch over that. Amen, that's so good. <clears throat> and as we, as we get ready to take the cup, one of the things that's so amazing about the cup is that it represents the blood of Jesus and the blood represents life and it represents power and it represents just that in, in oneness Jesus shed his blood for all of us, that whoever so believes in him might have eternal life. And it's not just, it's not just saved once, it's every day that blood is working. Mm -hmm. And I am just so thankful for Canada. And so just, we admire what's happened in the last few weeks, just for ordinary people, truckers, to get together and as we're praying about coming against, in the call to the wall, we're praying about coming against that spirit of Haman, which is a spirit of control and really evil things, that the truckers united and said, basically, enough is enough. We're not going to, we're not going to stand up for things that are not right. And, and I'm just reminded of the fact that Jesus' disciples, the 12 were all, they were ordinary people. They were not people from the religious community. They weren't people who were rich or famous. They had nothing to offer except that they had been with Jesus and they devoted their lives to him. And even though not all the truckers are believers, but their act of courage in standing up to the powers that be was absolutely, not only was it great to see that in Canada, but that, what was released through that is a great encouragement that has gone around the world and multiple nations, including the United States, are pulling together truckers and just joining with what has happened in Canada to say enough is enough. And so we just, as we take the blood, which is life-giving and has power in it, we are just saying that it's a new day for all of us in the Global Watch to stand up, to take the example of what's gone on and been going on in Canada and what's now starting to take place in other nations in the world, that we're standing up and giving life and imparting courage to others. And so we just say, thank you, Lord. We, this, 
couldn't be done without you. It's supernatural. There's just nothing. Nobody could have could have planned this out that it would be something that would happen in Canada and would start to take hold and catch all over the world. And so we just say this is just the beginning. It's not the end. And that part of this represents you coming together and pulling your people together, as Karen was saying, as one in the church. So as we drink, as we take the cup, we're just reminded of your prayer in, in John 17, that, that we would be one, even as you and the Father are one. Let's take the cup. Amen. Thank you for blessing us like that. This is a 24-7 prayer wall. His name is Barry Miracle, but I like to call him Barry Miracle <laughs> because we do. We are from Supernatural BC. This is how he spoke about February 22nd, like on the day after. These are his words that he shared about February 22nd. We stood up and took our place. The Ecclesia of Canada took their place. The kingdom of God is advancing, and it's not time to relax, but to advance for righteousness, for peace, for joy, and for truth. We are full term, beginning our best days, the third wave of the glory of God. And from John 17, we know that the, the glory that the Father gave Jesus he gave us to be one. That's where our glory starts. And this was one of the impartations too, but also through the Freedom, Con Freedom Convoy. As it traversed our country, love was felt. Oneness was immediately stepped into and hope was restored. Now, yesterday, our prime minister revoked the Emergency Measures Act. The Lord had, risen, had risen up Esther and Mordecai voices in our Senate, voices that provoked our Prime Minister to do the right thing. But there's, there's so much damage from the last two years, but especially from the last two two weeks, just the overreach and the exertion of governmental powers, even over bank accounts. We are so honored to meet here on Global Watch with the nations. We're so honored to stand shoulder to shoulder with you in the battle, not just for Canada, but in the battles also that rage in and through your countries. And I'm just, I'm going to call, we're going to kind of transition now into focus points for prayer. We're hoping to have enough time for prayer. Rhoda will be sharing and then followed by Kwakiing. And then we will open up a time of prayer. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Wonderful to be with everybody. When we were having our um, Zoom call the other day, we Sue was asking about prayer points and what we thought we might have. And so I was sharing that what the Lord has shown me over the last several years is that there was a culture of murder over the country. It started with, I hadn't been watching TV and I'd been busy and the Lord had taken me away for TV for a long time. But I went back in the evenings, I, I slowed down a bit and stayed home in the evenings. And so I started looking for things on TV 
And what he showed me was there was all kinds of programs and at the uh, center of each program was a murder. So that was the first thing. And then from there, it was getting into watching uh, more about politics on the uh, news programs on TV. And with the, the politics, I was noticing that the laws that were being promoted by the government were laws that promoted death as well. And so the areas that I see this death culture in, there is abortion, there's euthanasia, there's drug overdoses and there's suicide. So just give you a little bit of background, just so that sometimes that helps in prayer to, to, to guide us where to go. So the Supreme Court struck down the federal law criminalizing abortion at any stage in a woman's pregnancy in 1988 as unconstitutional. And no government, federal or provincial, has put in legislation to replace it since then. The abortion is based on the fact that uh, it violates Section 7 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms as it infringed on a woman's right to life, liberty, and security of person. The secondary euthanasia, I took this off from line and Fred might know better because it came from something called Psychiatric Times, but I'm hoping that the information is correct. So in Canada, the term for euthanasia is called MAID, Medical Assistance in Dying. And it became legal with physician-assisted suicide in June of 2016 to end the suffering of terminally ill adults, Bill C-14. Eligibility criterion was that a patient's natural death was predicted to be reasonably foreseeable. In 2019, Bill C-7, March 17, 2021, it was expanded to include me mental illness for euthanasia. And so the idea of euthanasia, what I've taken from that is that lives may not be worth living. So a person feels that lives are, are, are not worth living. Suicide, we have staggering rates in our first peoples of Canada and a group of experts in Canadian law and medicine wrote, C7 will allow physicians to end the life of people with disabilities or chronic illnesses at their request and will require the system to ensure it happens even when physicians are convinced based on their expert knowledge that medicine offers options even when the patient may have years or decades to live with a good quality of life if other options are explored and tried first. Bill C-7 and similar laws would represent a terrible shift in the deep ethos of psychiatry. The American Medical Association concluded made practices are fundamentally incompatible with the physician's role as healer. And so from this, of course, has also come laws that are right now, some, someone is trying to get forward something that will give physicians the right to opt out. But as of now, that freedom of religion or freedom of conscience or whatever it is not there. Sue was noticing when I mentioned this culture of death that I felt that the Lord was showing me, she was mentioning the connection to Haman's spirits. I won't go into that because I don't have a lot of time tonight because I, I went into the Bible to look at, okay, what exactly does the Haman spirit? And Fred mentioned earlier, I think that control is a part of it, but hatred is a part of it. Haman hated the, the Jew Mordecai, but it seemed like it went greater than that. Like he hated the whole people of Jews because he didn't want to just settle for getting rid of Mordecai, but he also wanted to get rid of all of the Jews. And so what's come to me with this is that it's when I stand, when we have our stand for life once a year and we hold up the signs about abortion and killing children and whatnot, what the Lord revealed to me 
somewhere in the last six months, is that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So in every life, Jesus is a part of it. Every time a life is taken, every time there's a murder, it's, it's like you're killing Jesus over again. Whether it's the babies, whether it's the old people, whether it's the ones who are lame and, and, and disabled. There's, there's a sense that, that life isn't valuable. So what the Lord convicted me of was 40 years ago in difficult times, I was had a lot of anxiety and depression. And the Lord reminded me that at that time, there were moments where I would say, Lord, just take me out of here. Just too hard living kind of thing. And he showed me that sin. So what I see as one prayer thing that we really have to address is repentance for not valuing life. He's the Lord, the giver of life. And so if we, in our thoughts, in our hearts, have at any place in our life wanted to give up and just say, Lord, take me out of here, whatever. Instead of standing and saying, he, the, the verse that he gave me for many years was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so whatever position we're in, we need to value that God gives life its value to him needs to be valuable to us. So with the prayer requests on this, I felt that repentance was the, was the first one. And then the other ones, I think Eileen's going to put them in the chat there. So it was repentance for personal, for anything in our own thoughts, but for the church as well, because the church has stood silent with all this stuff that's going on in our country. And I, I know that other countries are fighting it as well. Um, and, and we haven't stood up as a body against this these laws that have come out allowing abortion for the whole nine months and and the new ones that have come in recent years so there's also repentance for our government leaders because they've been putting forth these bills and then the whole government's been passing them and so there, there needs to be repentance for that for not valuing life and repentance for the murders that have been allowed by the laws value of life is another one that needs prayed on and then the re release of the spirit of truth because the lies that have come out with this the lies are it's okay it's okay to abort it's okay to euthanize it's okay it's okay like to give people uh, drugs that are going to send them into other kind of things and i think that those are things that are really important for us to pray into to be able to change that culture so that we become a country of life Amen. Well done. Kwa King? Coming from the perspective of strategy of for intercession, I just, I just feel like that there is a very effective template in the book of Esther. And uh, I know Global Watch has been really immersed in it. And so I, I'm just going to mention a few things that is like a refresher. And for me, this special war needs a special strategy. Uh, we are fighting against the spirit of death. So I was just looking through Esther, and I was looking at the attributes, the, the postures of the two major players, who Mordecai and Esther. And I'm just going to mention them because I, I know you guys all know it, but when, uh, I just think that for us to go into this uh, war, there, there needs to be a posture, how we posture ourselves before the King of Kings. And this is what it says in, in my concordance and different areas that I read. Esther is humble. He's, she's also spiritually mature. And she honors. She even extends honor to Haman by inviting him to the feast. And he, she also waits on God for his timing. 
to make his, her request known to save her people. And then there's Mordecai who demonstrates a maturity to seek God for timing and direction. And he is stationed at the listening post to find out what the enemy's plans are. And he knew the right time for Esther to disclose her destiny as a Jew. And he is strategic, he's wise, and he's a watchman. And they are both really focused on the Lord with a submissive spirit, very dependent on him and obedience. They fear God, not man. Mordecai refused to pay homage to Haman and Esther risked her life for the sake of her, of her people by going to the king without being summoned. Their mission is not about themselves, mainly is always to save the life that the enemy planned to this sacrifice, self-sacrifice. So as a result, they led a nation into freedom and they themselves were honored by the king and given greater authority, privileges and responsibilities. So these are some of the, um, when I'm thinking about going into this war over the spirit of death, this is what I'm thinking of, that our posture of being humble and being wise and being watchful, all these things. So at the end of my, my reading of this concordance, this is what I, um, or the commentary, this is what I found that this person actually said, the main purpose of the book of Esther is to show us from the lives of Esther and Mordecai, a classic example of successful teamwork. Now that astounded me. I'm really into teams. So I just, my eyes just went for it. Their relationship vividly portrays the unity that the Lord Jesus prayed for his disciples to experience in John 17. And the success of the individual roles, even their very survival depended entirely upon their unity. So to me, unity, the major one is trust. And we've, as we're forming Canada, watch i'm just praying into this as i'm reading them praying to trust recognizing each other's strengths and gifts cover each other's backs encourage release and have fun so we have fun this today i know we did